Hi, my name is Nick, and this is the Esports Leads, the very first podcast about esports and gaming marketing, and of course, advertising. So today I have mind-blowing guests, Andre Toledo and Saulo Rocha. They are executive creative directors in the creative agency David Madrid, and it's one of the best creative agencies in the world right now. These guys are outstanding. In general, David has a network. Uh, has offices in Miami, San Paulo, Buenos Aires. They just got the fifth one. And every year they're winning so many awards that they need a separate garage for all these things. And we will talk a lot about the partnership between Burger King and Steven Edge Football Club and two amazing campaigns that these guys created at David Madrid. Please welcome my guests. Yes, guys, just to start, uh, this quick question about for how long do you guys work in advertising? Because to explain my audience, ECD and creative agency, it's basically top-notch creatives who manage the agencies, they present to the client, they uh, do the whole thing from the briefing, from the getting to ask from the client to the production. They are in lead of creative process. So guys, tell me pretty quick where you've been before, for how long do you work in advertising? And yeah, just a few things about your journey. Cool. So I have been working in advertising for more than 10 years. I would say around 13 years, actually. I started working in Peru. I'm from Peru. So I started working there as a copywriter and senior copywriter uh, for around six, seven years. And in 2014, I moved to Madrid because I had the offer to work at Lola. Lola is an agency part. I mean, now it's part of the Mullen Low Network. Uh, it, it, it's just one of the best agencies in, in, in Europe, in Spain, uh, and one that I really admire. So I got this offer and it's like, I, I need to go there. So I moved to Madrid. I started uh, in Lola. That's where I met Saulo. We were not team at the beginning, we were just friends. And some years after we became a team. And two years ago, actually a little bit less than two years ago, we moved to we moved, we moved to Madrid, but we moved to David to, to, to start David Madrid. That is, it was, uh, it is the first European office of the David kind of boutique network. You know, that we have an office in Miami, Sao Paulo, Buenos Aires, right now, Bogota, that is the, the new one just opened one month ago or three weeks ago. So it was Pandemic. definitely, a, yeah, it was a super interesting challenge, but at the same time, there was a lot of pressure there, you know, like, because you know, the, kind of legacy of David, you know, the great work that David Miami uh, did for the last 10 years, did and is doing uh, for the last 10, uh, for the last years, and the same with Sao Paulo and the same with Madrid. So it was a great opportunity, but it was, okay, there is some pressure here, you know? Yeah, I can understand you guys. And like, for people who maybe don't know David uh, in general, the network, uh, these guys, one of the best creative agency right now in the world as a network and separately office Miami office San Paulo and Buenos Aires Madrid, they all doing great with the clients like Burger King, like Twitter, like Budweiser, Heinz, and there are many projects that won so many awards that, you know, you won't be able to find a good shelf to, to handle it. And these guys making a lot of great stuff and we will talk a few and we will talk about a few projects soon. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Andrea. So yeah, okay. So I I have been working for uh, 
a bit more than 10 years as well. So uh, similar time uh, compared to, to Andre. And I started in Brasilia, actually, which is the capital of Brazil. Uh, most of you guys know that information, but it's not a city that's known for, you know, like advertising. When you think of advertising in Brazil, you think of Sao Paulo, Paulo right? Yeah. I mean, that's where the, the main agencies are located. But funny enough, like Brasilia being the capital, there's a lot of, you know, like um, public government communication going on. So, so the, the big offices, the, the, big, um, the big agencies, they usually open offices in Brasilia so that they can work with the, uh, with the, uh, with the, with the government. And that's yeah. where I started. I started at Low Brasilia. And then I moved to Los, uh, to Los São Paulo. So I stayed there for around five years. And I had an offer as well from Lola. Um, Lola is actually part of the low network. It's called Lola because it's low Latina. So they usually hire, you know, like South American talent and they mix them with uh, European talent. And somehow, you know, like that, that was part of the culture of the agency when we got there. Um, so we moved there. Uh, around six years ago, that's where I met uh, Andreas. He was saying, uh, as any other relationship, we're, we were friends first. And then later we became a team. Uh, that happened around, I don't know, three and a half years ago. That's how long we've been uh, working together as a team. And then a year and a half ago, both of us, uh, we got this offer, this very, very challenging offer of opening uh, David Madrid. As I learned today, uh, with another takes that we had with you guys at David Madrid, it's uh, 40, 50 people right now, but it's growing fast. So basically my, qu my question is about the background, not the background, but the uh, workflows that you have in the agency and also, uh, you know, is it account driven? Is it creative driven? And because you are producing so many things and so fast, I just want to learn what's the What's the formula behind it? What helps you to be such a fast, successful, and such a you know great agency in general? In especially in times of pandemic, you guys, you guys still producing some cool stuff. Yes, I think I think that the key it's it, it will sound obvious what I'm about to say, but I think it's true. It's it's the people, right? And it's the people, and it's it's it's, it's the talent, and we have an amazing team and a really creative team and a team that really has in mind that. Our objective is to do great stuff, and and when I say that is we are, I'm not only talking about the creative thing. I mean, of course, we have amazing creative, we have great copywriters, we have great art directors, uh, we have a great team. But but to do great work, and, and I, I think that we have been lucky that in these pandemic times we are producing in a really in a really good uh, amount and level, uh, and it's because the account team, the planning team, the production team, the entire agency, we are kind of on the same boat, right? Like we know that our objective is trying to do the best possible work that we can do. So I think that makes things easier. You know, like we, we are on the same boat. We we are looking at the same place. And I think that's 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 the key, you know, like a creative team, but not only from creative, you know, like across all the departments of the agency. Yeah, and I think I think Andre, you, you said something that sometimes it, it sounds obvious, right? I mean, it's the people, um, but I think it's a cycle actually. I mean, you get very talented people, and it, it's not only about creatives; it's also about accounts people, planning, production. Like every every person that we we have in our team, there, you know, like um, 
great talented people that helps us creating very relevant work which helps us hiring relevant talent so it, it is a cycle right i mean like a loop talented yeah. people yeah talent talented people will do uh relevant work which will help us hiring talented people i think i think it, if you don't think that way if you don't think that actually the work that you put out is the best way to hire talent then you have a hard time because you 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 break that loop and when you break that loop it's really hard to, you know like to to do one of the one of the two things well hire people or do great work so i think it's obvious but it's actually you know like when you get this gear like working properly it it, it fits itself uh in 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 a more in, in an easier way i think it's it's hard some it's hard sometimes you know like sometimes people do think that you need to like put focus on business or on creativity like these were two things that uh didn't work together right i mean there, there's one thing that pancho who's the cco and 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 partner of david he 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 usually says and i think it makes total sense no client will look for an agency that's making shit's load of money so like okay i'm gonna pick this agency because look at how much money they're making Clients look for, for agencies that will actually be able to deliver great work, great relevant work. And if you're making money, then that's, you know, like that's something uh, that, uh, that will come along the way. But first, you need to think about the work, right? Um, so I think, I think it's super important to, to that great work, as I was telling you, will attract talented people. And talent, talented people is not only uh, within our team. But also talented clients, right? Talented CMOs that want to do relevant work. So that's that's pretty much what you need to do. Creative work will attract the attention of talented people within the business or outside the business. What about you guys? Are you gamers? Are you hardcore gamers or occasional gamers that play sometimes? Or you don't, you know, you don't play, you don't have time at all. And do you remember, you know, games or, you know, the back gaming background from your childhood? Maybe that's something that helped you to produce stuff that you've produced and that I will show soon. Yeah, I, I think I was thinking that, yeah, I'm not a hardcore gamer, but occasional gamer sounds really good. So I would say from now on that I'm an occasional gamer. Uh, yes, I, I really like uh, playing video games. It's, it's true that right now and probably the last year was was put a lot of work a lot of things so it's it's quite tricky to find find a break uh to play a bit but but i actually i i have here playstation in my room i have my nintendo switch so i i, I play sometimes kind of to disconnect you know like kind of silly but funny games like mario kart mario tennis you know it's like okay i will i will disconnect a bit i will play 15 minutes 20 minutes so so I have fun, uh, but I do, I do, I do, I do like video games. I do like uh, playing, uh, but I don't feel that I'm kind of a hardcore gamer. But I do like them since I was a kid, actually. Good. Yeah, I'm I'm a less than occasional gamer, so I don't know how that sounds. I think it doesn't sound great at all. But uh, that's pretty much you know like uh, I. But that it's funny enough. I actually had a childhood that was uh really all about gaming so i remember that my father he 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 had like this local version of a blockbuster was back in the 90s right i mean uh 
pe uh, place where people could go and rent uh, films and, and, and see the latest uh, releases, right? And at some point, he decided to, I don't know, buy some uh, arcades and, and, and uh, pinballs and even, you know, like some consoles uh, and have a room full of, you know, like video games where people could come in and play games besides also renting some movies, right? And that's pretty much what I spent like most of my weekends uh, from my childhood was inside that room playing video games. So I, and at some point, things went bad. Mainly because of Blockbuster, if I'm honest. Like, Blockbuster got to Brasilia and completely, you know, like, broke my father's business. Uh, so he had to actually close the, the, the whole thing. And he didn't have a place. He, he, didn't, uh, he hadn't sell yet uh, the, the arcades and this kind of stuff. He didn't have a, have a place to put them. So he brought everything to our uh, garage, right? Uh, so I had this whole thing in my house. And I was playing video games every single day, right? And it was, you know, like, uh, heaven... Not only for me, for my relatives, my cousins would come to my house and play uh, arcades and video games, my neighbors. So it was, I, I was pre pretty active uh, when, I, when I was a kid. But then somehow, I don't know, uh, I just stopped playing it uh, that often. And right now, if I think of video games, it's mainly uh, something that helps me disconnecting when, you know, like your, your mind is super busy. So I have a Switch uh, and I have like, very basic uh, games on my Switch, like Donkey Kong or uh, Mario Kart or, you know, like Mario Party. This kind of stuff that you, you, you don't need to overthink to be playing. I mean, they're all cool, <laughs> but you don't need to overthink. It's only, you know, like you relaxing. And that's pretty much uh, my, my routine in gaming these days. Thank you. Thank you guys for sharing. And that's basically... Uh, leads me to the second question about clients and gaming in your everyday life right now. So, uh, do clients ask you more about gaming and esports? Do you see something specific about gaming in briefs that you are getting? I I think that with with clients now it, it's it's a bit easier to to kind of present uh, gaming ideas because they already know right. Like this is a big thing, and this is and, and in my opinion this is not kind of a quick trend. So I don't know, like some years ago, presenting a gaming idea to the clients, it was like, okay, it's it's cool, but I'm, I don't feel that comfortable. But I think all of the clients that we have right now, I think they really get that this is a thing and that it's a really uh, powerful way or powerful media to connect with, to connect with people, right? Especially with young people. So, so in that sense, it's I would say that it's 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 not that hard, at least. But of course, it depends on the on the brand that you are working, right? In our case, with Burger King, with Milka, with Halls, and some other brands, is is it's natural the connection, right? Like it's it's not forced. So yeah, that's yeah, and and I think that even um, I mean, it, it's it's a very recent uh, phenomenon where clients are actually pushing you to do ideas for gaming. Of course, not every single brief can lead you to, to an idea for gaming, but the conversation is happening and it's happening much more often. Uh, it's funny, Andrea was mentioning, you know, like with Burger King, it feels, it feels such a natural connection, but this is also something that has been, uh, that we've been developing for years. So it's not like, you know, like it's been always there. Andre, for instance, he, he, he did a project for Burger King like four or five years ago called Burger Clan. 
And, and I remember that, you know, like selling the idea at that time was, it wasn't hard, but it was harder than at, at these times, right? I mean, when the, the, the client knows perfectly well the potential of the gaming community, but by then we, they had to explain like, yeah, gaming and fast food can be a, a, a good association. It can work, you know, like, so it, it, the, the sell right now is much easier than it used to be, but there was a moment where not every brand was familiar with the gaming universe and not everyone was willing to invest in it. Burger King was one of the very first brands to do it because they, they're like one, always one step ahead. But, uh, and, and that helps us uh, these days because other brands saw that they went in there and it worked. I want to do the same. So getting to the, the big one, to the, the project that I want to discuss with you guys. And it's a Burger King Stephen A. Challenge. Confused? Let me take you back a few steps. You haven't heard of Stevenage Football Club, right? Well, neither did we. But we realized that even though they were at the bottom of England's fourth division, they were going to appear in the same video game that all the expensive players were going to be in. And that's when, almost two years ago, we decided to sponsor Stevenage. Because if we put our logo on their real shirt, FIFA 20 would have no other choice but to put us in their game. Introducing the Stevenage Challenge. We invited gamers across the world to choose Stevenage in any game mode, sign the best players for the team, and play with them. For every goal that they shared with a football star on Twitter, we gave them rewards. The news took the gaming community by storm. The best kids in the game, the Stevenage, they had Burger King as their sponsor. Oh, Lawrence. Oh, my God, football food. What could possibly be better? Il est trop beau, les gars, Smith. Just like that, our small team in real life turned into the biggest team online. And the best players in the world were playing for Burger King without being paid a single penny. It's not every night this comes on. Sports. It's in the flame. In 2019, Burger King was announced the official sponsor, right, of the Stevenage uh, football right. club, and it's one of the smallest football club in England. It's literally the what is this? It's like a League Two, which basically like fourth tier <laughs> of the English football league system, right? It's very, very uh, small team with a uh, not the biggest audience if you are talking about you know, English football and the, you know, the whole, uh, the global football in general. However, uh, Burger King choose them to, you know, to sponsor them. And one day thousands of gamers around the world just joined this club into a phenomenal. So basically getting to the first question and I'm excited to ask you who came up with the brief about Steven H and you know, what Burger King can do about it. Was it burger or it's something that you had a, you know, in general brief and you thought about connection between the Steven H and Burger King? Yeah, it, it, it was more like that, like that second thing, you know, like in the end, we, we have been working for Burger King for a while. 
so we so we clearly understand the brand and understand their needs and at that point and, and i mean and right now i would say that even now more than at that time but at that time gaming was a big thing for burger king right because of delivery because of connecting with the target because the the, the gaming people is actually kind of more or less a target from burger king right so so we we had that information right and and, and then i think it, that's something interesting that we always try to do in our gaming projects uh of course cna challenge but but another ones as well is that we need to try to find different ways to do gaming right it's not only being the sponsor of something it's not only have a banner on twitch it's not only pay a lot of money to be on the nba 2k or whatever game it is you know so we need to try to find different ways and that's something that you know we're we're a small agency we, we are in a way we are i mean yes we are right around 50 but it's still a small agency you know it's not the agency of 200 people of 300 people uh so we are quite small so we all know this information you know and and, and one team uh, from the agency came to this like i, I think that the i I'm, I'm sure that logic was way more complex than this but it was like the new fifa is coming and that's a big thing you know because every year when the new fifa is coming People talk about it. People are crazy to buy the game, even though it's pretty similar than the previous one. But they still, they still do this and everything. Uh, so it was like th there should be something that we could do there, right? And they, and then they found this. That once I said they found this that is quite obvious, and then someone told me that's not that obvious. But 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 someone the the, the team said like there is the four division league of the, of the of the england league there so if we don't have the money to really kind of be the big sponsor of the game if we are the sponsor of that small team maybe that's the way that we can enter the game in a legal way because we are not doing anything you know like it's, it's shady or something like that we just sponsor that team and then we're going to be in the team in the game and it was like oh yeah i mean that's that sounds interesting and it, it's true it is what it is then of course it's like okay now that we are in the game what we are going to do there you know that was kind of the second part of the of the structure of, of this idea but it was like that and it was like yeah i mean that sounds obvious but it's not that obvious so that's when the team and, and the entire team started working on what's that team you know like and then we found stevenish they were a small yeah. team Great. for the for england division that they didn't have sponsor at that time so it's like wow maybe those are our guys <laughs> this is crazy and ju just to add a little that uh explain that fifa is a popular gaming title in general in esports too and yeah you have many different teams and of course people like to play you know famous teams like real madrid barcelona byron and others however you can play whatever team you want, even like from the League 2 in England. And uh, uh, it's amazing that in the game you are able to build your own team. So even if you pick, you know, whatever team you can buy and sell different players. Like in your team you can have Neymar, you can have Mbappe and other players. And that's what people did with the uh, Stevenage Challenge. They started to build their own teams with famous players that play... <laughs> <laughs> for Stevenage. It, it sounds like an eSport activation, right? But it starts very analogical, in my opinion. Uh, it starts with a sponsorship, with a football sponsorship, which is, you know, like one of the most traditional 
ways of advertising. So I think I think that uh, is is what, in my opinion, is super interesting about the idea. And and it it actually kicks off a, a partnership between the, the the brand and the team. So it it, it is a win win situation. Uh, the the this team that no one knew about it started like gaining uh instant reputation amongst the, the the gaming community from one day to the other which is super impressive uh, so it, it does feel like you know like this is a gaming activation but we recall that even when we launched the sponsorship it became news like what is burger king doing is sponsoring a team in the fourth division of England football, right? So people were curious. And, and and it was funny because we were not ready for that PR at that moment. We weren't. We were like, we're preparing something here. We're not there yet. And people were already, already talking about it, which was, you know, like kind of, uh, that's interesting. So it starts off well, right? And and I think that what's what's super interesting, as you were saying, um, this, this actually engaged the gaming community in a way uh, that maybe we, we we thought it would be a hit, but we didn't know how people would embrace the idea. I think one of the things here is the fact that just like Burger King, Stephen Age is the story of the underdogs, right? They are the underdogs. They are maybe the smallest team to get into FIFA. So it's it's much more challenging and it's much more engaging to try to make that little team a thing than just you know like getting i don't know uh manchester united or real madrid to win the champions league like that's that's a given you know like you're not doing a big effort so what what we did here was you know like bring the, the underdog to the spotlight and try to engage people to do that and i think it's this is also a quote from uh fernando machado who is the the, question, the yeah, cmo of burger king and he when he was talking about another idea, which which was uh, Whopper the Tour, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the idea. So the idea is that if you order, if you download the app of Burger King and you order a Whopper um, from, you know, like uh, a place around the McDonald's uh, restaurants, you get it for one cent. And he was saying, it doesn't make sense. People spend money of gas they spend their time to do that they're not doing it because of the free or almost free whopper they're doing it because you you gave them an entertaining thing to do and that's what we did here people didn't score goals because of the whopper they actually did it because it was fun to just get the smallest team in the game and beat real madrid with goals of you know like these famous players that's that's what engaged them so i, th I think this is you know like one of the 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 very strong parts of the idea is the fact that you could actually try to do it with uh, the Stephen H players, but you could hire famous players to do it. This is something that we kind of saw, saw it coming, right? We were like, if we're going to challenge people to score goals with uh, the Stephen H, people will naturally hire the best players in the game. And when they tweet it, we're going to have our logo on the chest of the most important players in the football uh, universe. So it all, you know, like this, we foresaw that, but we didn't foresee how popular this would be and how people would engage with the idea. This is a question, like you mentioned, Fernando Machado, and I want to ask you guys, when you presented him this idea for the first time, 
what was his reaction? And probably just give me a hint. Did you have to educate him and explain him the, you know, the mechanicals and the mechanics, the whole the idea, uh, the way idea works, or he he got it immediately? It, I think it was a super simple deck, but he got it. You know, like he got it in second one, and he's like, "Guy, this is amazing. We we need to do it." So so it wasn't it was a, it wasn't a hard sell at all. Amazing, and yeah. I think. And I think with Fernando, most of the times he's he's educating us. Like the guy is a, a top, top, top creative director. He's not only a a client; he really um, has great criteria, and more than criteria, which is it is also something that uh, other clients uh, have as well. And 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 it is uh, a skill that's necessary to get to the position where you're at. But Fernando has got something which is also super important, which is you know like. He knows how to uh, give feedback so that the the the, pro the the process of producing and developing the idea makes it stronger and makes it relevant, right? I mean, uncomplicate uh, uncomplicate things, uh, and 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 that's an idea that had all the ingredients to be complicated, right? I mean, if if you think about the uh, the amount of you know like uh, little details that we needed to think of, but he was always saying like, guys, keep it simple. Uh, people will not do it if it's too complicated. Let's, you know, like, let's ask them to have fun playing with this game and then we'll give them rewards. And that's it. Yep. Yep. That's... And I think that, sorry, Nick. No, I think that on this one, it's, it's a bit of no, no fear to fail, right? Because not even us, not even the client, we didn't know if it could work. It's like, yeah, I mean, it sounds good. It, it has many steps. And maybe people won't do it, you know? Like, I mean, there's a chance that we can launch this campaign and people will say, like, it's it's too complicated. I need to choose this team. I need to change this. I need to upload it on Twitter. I need to tweet. I need to use the hashtag. I need to... It has many steps. And I think that that's, that's something great, you know? Like, like from, from a client that is like, let's do it. If yeah. we fail, we fail. But, but let's do it. We, we, we will never know if we don't do it, right? So, I mean, and that's something that, that sometimes these kind of ideas has, you know, when, when you have, when you are so sure that it's going to work, maybe the idea is not that good. Yeah, maybe you that's why that Fernando... Insecure that, oof, I don't know if this is going to work. Maybe, I know, you know, like maybe it's not going to work. Maybe the client will be mad. When you have that feeling is, is when you have something really interesting on the table. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I was going to say that's probably why Fernando, one of the best, uh, you know, creative filter right now in the world, because so many ideas that Burger King produced, it's basically him seeing the potential and picking the right direction. Even even if idea is not there, if he will see the potential, he can, like you said, give you feedbacks that will help you to get to the point when the idea is shining, and it's bright and it's smart and it's quick. Like with the Deadpool, it's very simple with the Sivni challenge, the mechanical parts uh, could be considered complicated, but when you get to the pure idea, it's actually very simple. And probably that's why, again, that's why it's amazing. I wanna talk a little about the, you know, people behind and background of the story, because when I talked about this campaign with other people involved, especially involved in esports, they all tell me the same things that to create something like this, you have to deeply understand the game. The like people, like guys who created this game, this idea, Steven Challenge, they spend hours playing. They are big 
fan of FIFA, they are gamers, they are deeply understand everything about the game. It's no way that you know you will be able to produce the single exists without the back without the FIFA gaming background. So my basic question is it true? And if it's true, uh, do you think it's like something that was crucial or it's just a good knowledge that you know that helped to find the the right way to create the idea? I think it's funny, like, as far as we know, it's not like any of the creatives involved in this are professional FIFA gamers, not at all. Like, it's people who really, really like football and like playing FIFA. So I think these two things uh, uh, go together, and that's what actually enable uh, the, the, the creative team to have the idea. I think it, it does uh, demand a lot of knowledge of how the game works, but not to have the idea, mainly to produce it, to be super honest. Like, of course, as, as Andrea was saying, like it, it, it does feel obvious that the what happens in the real world, they try to replicate the, the, uh, the most. So if you have like, a, and, and it's funny, like we, we did the comparison, like the t-shirts that the players use, the jerseys are perfect. There are pictures of players in the real world, and then you take a screenshot of them in the game, and you can barely see the difference. So every single detail of what happens in the real world will be replicated uh, in the game. So that that's actually what trigger them to have the idea, right? So if that's real, I'm going to be able to put something in the real world that will be part of the game. So that's how people found a way in and that to be super honest that doesn't require you to understand that much about fifa that doesn't require you to be a skilled fifa player that's mm -hmm. just you know like uh creativity and, and cleverness uh, at a very high uh state so when after you have the idea then you need to talk to all the gamers professional gamers you can talk to you need to really talk to top people who explain to you how this could work and how people will interact with it. But you have the idea. I don't think we have a pro gamer uh, in the agency. We have a lot of people who are curious and who are looking for ideas everywhere. And that's how an idea like this is born. Thank you. It's a good answer, really. And just a few things again about this campaign, about Simonet Challenge. I have a lot of questions, but of course it will take like a few days to go through all of them. However, uh, from the briefing or from the moment when you get the ask to the case studies that you released, how long did it take you guys to produce this idea? It was a big process, you know, yeah. and then actually I remember that uh, when the when FIFA launched the game, we were kind of excited but nervous at the same time because we were, what happens if for any reason the, the logo is not there? You know, like, I mean, that, that could be an option. Maybe, you know, maybe we understood something differently. Maybe the logo is not there. So I remember the day at the agency, uh, the day that, that the FIFA launched, we, buy, we bought the game. We One guy brought his PlayStation and we try and he's like, you know, like updating everything that, that things that happens. Uh, but it was like, oof, it's there. You know, so we had many different any different moments during this, this journey. It was a long journey, but it, it was it was a good one. So this is another part, uh, you know, to wrap up the whole conversation about this specifically project. 
What was the biggest struggle making this campaign, this idea real? I think I think the main obstacle was actually what made this uh, more exciting, which was really trying to predict and read what comes next, right? So the first thing that you do is you approach the team and you offer a sponsorship, but of course you, you offer it with, with an idea, right? So you need to have a positive uh, reaction from, from a, a team that knows that they're going to be portrayed to the whole world as the smallest team in the FIFA, right? So when, when you present the idea, you're, you're already ready to hear no. You're like, okay, the team is going to reject it and then maybe we'll need to negotiate or, or find another team that is as small. The team took it super well, right? So that's one checkpoint. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we, it's a huge checkpoint actually. And then you, you designed the, the, the t-shirt, right? So the t-shirt is out and, and you see that there's a reaction for, uh, from the fans, a reaction from the press, but everything is going solid. Then you need to wait for the video game to be out, as Andrea was saying. If that day, when the video game was out, if our logo wasn't there, the whole thing is canceled right there. But at the next minute, you need to start triggering the, the other part of the process. So you need to start seeing how you're going to uh, communicate this. Everything was produced, produced already, but that's the moment uh, of truth, right? So that's when you start like releasing the, the, the video, you start engaging with some of the influencers that were part of, you know, like uh, engaging the idea. And then you're also here playing with something that you don't know what's going to happen, which is will people participate? So again, there's one more thing that you're not completely sure of. So will people participate? People participated. And then will this go viral? It went viral. How do we wrap it up? Everything was, you know, like a shot in the dark. So this this whole thing was a lot of shots in the dark that uh, actually hit the target. So I think that's the, that's the most challenging part, in my opinion. You see, that's something that, you know, uh, whoever is watching this video can learn that it's a case study and numbers look so simple and amazing that it's, you know, you can have a feeling that, oh, it's a very simple thing to, uh, from the beginning to the end. However, it's not because when you actually go deeper into the process, there are so many things that you are not in control or you have to basically follow all the time. And like you guys said, it's like, oh, will, will the team be fine? Will the FIFA have the team? You know, there are so many things that can change any time. And that did you guys were surprised when you see how huge the game became, how huge the campaign uh, became in two days, probably? That when, yeah, it was the, the most trendy thing on Twitter, then Twitch, uh, you know, FIFA section was full of Steven A challenge. Was it a surprise for you? And you were like, oh, that's what we assumed. No, I think we were surprised. Uh, I think that in these kind of campaigns, it's like you, you don't have all the answers, right? So it's like, oh, I'm surprised the team uh, accepted. Oh, the, you know, you, it, it was a journey with a lot of surprises. And, 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 and yes, when, when we launched, when suddenly people start uh, being part of this and sharing this and having fun of this and many countries at the same time, because it, it, it started small, but then it became kind of, a global campaign. I mean, with with this activated in the most important market from Burger King. So it was like, wow, it's 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 great, right? Because yeah. it's something that 
that you don't, I mean, yes, of course, you are positive and you hope that it goes well, but you, in on this case, you don't, you, you don't have that like set in stone, right? So it was like, oh, that's great. Moving to the next thing, it's again, it's also Stevenage uh, Football Club. And for me, this is the best part about the whole collaboration between Burger King and Stevenage. It's a chapter one, chapter two. I'm also, you know, expecting chapter three, so I hope I will see something else uh, and soon because for me it's like, yeah, it's an adventure with the brand and the football club and gaming that I can, that I'm able to follow. And so, uh, idea is clear and simple again, even more, I'll say, simpler than the Steven A Challenge. Basically, Burger King uh, and you guys came up with an elegant idea and just became a... Just to explain the background, Steven Edge has also a female team out there and Burger King became a sponsor of both teams on the same rights. As we were saying, there was a moment when we sat with the team and we uh, negotiated with them the sponsorship for the first year, right? And one of the things that the client, the Burger King, asked us as mandatory was that this was not a one-off. This was actually a partnership between Burger King and this team. And we would treat them with respect and we would actually try to make them a more notorious team with time, right? So that's that's how that's how we faced it in, in in the first year, and that's why there is a chapter two, and there might be a chapter three. And chapter two is pretty much a push from the client. The client said, "Guys, we have this partnership, and we want to do a second wave. We want to you know, like try to 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 help the the, the 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 team again." And that's when the the very same creative team start investigating about uh, Burger King trying to see the, oh, sorry, about uh, Stephen H trying to see what's the, the second opportunity that we have here. And they realized that actually let, let's not use the sponsorship that we have active with them because these guys are doing fine. They have, you know, like a new reputation. They have the money of the sponsorship. And they found out that the girls were just the opposite, that they didn't have a sponsorship. They didn't have the right support or whatever. So these this became a brief, right? I mean, it, it, we the, the way that we investigated it actually became a brief. What can we do with that? And that's where the idea comes from. So, okay, we're going to sponsor them on the same terms, same conditions as we do with the men's team. And that's what's new. It shouldn't be new, but that's what's new and that's what's bold and that's what's uh, disruptive compared to all the other sponsorships that happen out there. And that's what became news. So that's also something that went viral and people talked about. Uh, that's a, a very good way of summarizing the idea. And if, you, and if you think about it, it's just 
one part of the idea. It's not the main idea. It's just a trick to bring the attention to what we're doing, which is much bigger than just changing our logo. Yeah. It's how you put the spotlight in the right place. It's not about the change of logo. It's actually what are you doing that's behind it. So it, it, not, it not only makes sense, it's not an idea that's based on a wordplay. That's not what we're doing here. It's not a wordplay. This is just you know, like a resource to bring the attention so that people see that we're doing something big, much bigger than that. Thank you. Yeah, that's how I see the, uh, in general, the Burger Queen and this, specifically this chapter two, let's call it chapter two. <laughs> As for now, uh, it goes beyond the sport and FIFA because it takes uh, some the, you know, the real problem and like you said, with a spotlight on it, and it's not about football anymore. It's not about sponsorship anymore. It's about the whole problem that we have right now with the yeah. sport teams and especially for small teams. Like at the beginning, Steven H is a small team. So what we can say about female Steven H team, it's probably even less smaller. And like you said, without sponsors, that's why this, uh, again, subjectively for me, it's the biggest part of the idea that makes it so strong. It's like a punch that you, uh, yeah. At the beginning, you just see the, you know, like the top of the iceberg. And then when you think about it, you're like, oh, this is, this is way more, you know, uh, deeper and bigger than I realized just a second ago. So we talked about two great projects today. And uh, what do you think, what you can say to uh, brands, agencies, brand managers, who looking to produce ideas in gaming and esports what will be your main advice and there are some great pieces that you already have like you know it's not about mechanicals it's not about understanding the uh you know the whole things about esports the idea is a kink it's always the main thing but maybe there are some things that uh will help you know especially esports organizations to uh, to engage more brands and different brands to start thinking in this way so i think I, I have like some advices. Um, the first one is to actually understand um, where you're getting into. Like the gaming, I'd say, like, do you know how people hate YouTube ads? Like people, people always, you know, like hit skip when they see an ad. That's pretty much because you're getting right in, in the middle of their entertaining moment, right? And that, that happened with TV uh long ago like when people just simply would mute the the tv when it came to the commercial break it's actually because advertising usually interrupts people when they're enjoying a moment or something like that that's that's also how entertainment uh gets money to produce so there there is a there is a weird relationship between the fact that you know like all of these things and youtube itself they're only possible because of ad money but at the same time people who watch it don't like ads, so you know, like uh, these two things need uh, each other. I think when you get into gaming, it's it's even more of a delicate thing, right? Because it's gaming; you're actively doing something. So you, you, if you're gonna get into their universe, you actually need to find the sweet spot where they are going. They're going to want to interact with your brand, and they're going to you know, like be engaged by whatever it is that you're doing. So I think you need to understand that it's not going to be easy. It will probably uh, involve some sort of risk. But the good thing about uh, uh, 
the advertising in the gaming universe is the second part, which is sometimes you don't need to invest a truck of money uh, into an idea. You, you can actually find ways of doing it with less budget because you're going to be talking to very passionate people. So it, it is people that if they like what you're doing, they're going to engage with it. They're going to produce content for you and they're going to have a positive sentiment towards the brand. So there is risk, of course, but sometimes it doesn't involve a, a lot of money. So, you know, like there, uh, these two things might complement each other. And, and we said it already. Don't, don't go into gaming just because. Find, find a, a reason within your brand, within your company that actually um, allows you to be talking to this audience at this moment. As you said, it, it doesn't mean that only cool brands can be in gaming. Not at all. Like You can have an insurance company and, and still have a relevant message to talk to gamers because gamers are also pe people. They're also, you know, like uh, they have their, their regular life. It's, it's, it's just a moment of entertainment for them, but they still consume all kinds of uh, products. You just need to find the right uh, way to communicate, the right message that you need to say so that it doesn't feel you know, like just flat. It doesn't feel like something that people will not pay attention to. So these are my advices. Thank you, Saula. Yeah, it's a great advice. Thanks a lot. Yeah, and I know that you have to jump off and you... Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm glad I will have, you know, a time to talk a little with Andre about a few other questions. But thanks again. Thank you for joining me. I hope I will see Steven in Challenge Part 3 and, you know, Chapter 3. That's <laughs> something that <laughs> stuck in my mind. There so, should be. Yep. From Steven, I, I, I learned two things. One that is related to gaming, the other one is not related to gaming. Uh, and the first one is that you don't need to, to know anything. You know, like gaming is evolving every day and, and it's fine if you don't know it, but you need to work with the one that knows that. You know, like, but you should be open to it. I, I don't, there are a lot of things, not only on Steven Edge, but many other ideas that right now we have on the table, you know, and the teams present to me. And it's like, I don't, I don't really know, but we need to, to have people that, that knows this, right? So we need to trust on, on, on those uh, people that really know about gaming, that really know about this industry. So that's totally fine. You don't really need to, to understand everything on gaming, uh, but you need to be open to learn and to trust on others, on others, right? That's one thing that is related to gaming. And the other one that it's, it's, it's something completely related to Steven A challenge, and is that uh, sometimes you need to believe, you know, that you can make these things happen. And I think that sometimes to, to all creative directors happen that some team presents you an amazing idea, but it's super complicated, you know, like, and it's like, oof, Guys, now I think we should. It's too complicated. It has too many steps. We need to do look, look of this that we need to do. And sometimes, and, and I mean, of course, I, I'm part of that as well. We are like, no, it's cool. It's super good idea, but let, let's find a new one because it's too complicated. And I think that Steven Edge was the proof that those kind of campaigns can happen, right? It was super complicated. Yes, it was super complicated. It has. It was a really, really long journey, but at some point, we believed that okay, let's give it a try. You know, let's try. Let's con. Let's find a team. Let's contact that team. Let's sell the idea to that team. 
that said, do this, let's do that. O sea, it's something, and suddenly, after one year of working on this, it's like, wow, this is, this is out, and it would really made it happen, right? And I think that sometimes we, we kill some ideas because we believe they are too complicated and that it's, it's maybe, it will not happen. And probably it will not happen, yes. But probably it, it, it will happen. And, and I think that's something that I learned on this project that is it's not related to gaming, but it's related to advertising, you know? And, and I think that it's good to have the mind quite open because this, these things can happen. Yeah, and more, you know, more things are coming, more, more changes we will see. And like you said, was going step by step, trying and just seeing like if, if you making it, if it still makes sense, if it's still rolling, that's yeah. the way to get to the point when, okay, we got it. And they, the things that we got, it's solid and it's huge. I want to ask you, you know, a little bit open questions that, you, you know, there are many, many things that you can answer here, but what do you think advertising can learn from gaming and esports and vice versa? What do you think gaming can get from advertising? Because we live in time when big brands and huge, you know, publishers and esports organizations, they working together. And if you like in a huge scale, a few years ago, the sponsorship, you know, to think about a million dollar sponsorship, it's something amazing it's something that never happened before right now it's getting to the point when one million it's not even you know uh, something that you will read about on esports insider or esports observer so the question is what do you think we can learn from each other like advertising for gaming and gaming from advertising i think that the advertising i know the half of that answer <laughs> i think that advertising we, we need to learn from this gaming industry about how fast it, it evolves, you know? Like, I know two years ago, there was no Twitch thing. And right now, Twitch is huge. And right now, uh, it's a big media. And, and right now, I, I, I receive briefs that are more focused on Twitch than on YouTube. That It was like, what? Like, it's YouTube, you know? Pre-rolls and everything. And right now, or always Twitch. So it's evolving so fast and, and so quickly in, in so unexpected ways. I would say, right? Like some years ago, we, we, I couldn't imagine, I wouldn't imagine that there's someone, some streamer sharing how do they play and that's all. You know, like it's like, but, and sometimes it's even more interesting than, than actually playing. Yes. So they, they are kind of breaking the rules or the things that we have in our mind, like, like the obvious or the normal thing. So that's pretty interesting. And I think that that invite us as creatives and of course as creative directors or ecd or whatever to be to be updated right try to try to at least try to 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 follow these trends to understand how it's working to understand what's happening on twitch because right now on twitch is not only gaming you know there are many streamers that just connect to the stream to talk yeah just okay. chatting is the biggest one right now it's bigger than chatting. and it's like that that's a, another unexpected twist you know because twitch was for gaming and right now the biggest one is just chatting people that connect and that talk and i know watch some youtube videos and comment those videos and it's like what like like this it's it's changing so fast that it's, it's we need to be updated and we need to try to follow this not in a really deep way, but at least to understand what's going on, right? Yeah, 
Yep, thank you. It's a good answer. This is a more specific thing from your perspective. Tell me, please, Andre, what do you think? What you will suggest to uh, brands like big and small brands? Not I'm not talking only about you know something that like Burger King already in gaming and esports, but let's talk about something more simpler or traditional. What will you suggest for them? What should be their first step when they think to join gaming? And we already talked a little about about the importance of finding your place that it should be relevant and make sense in general. But if we, if it will be even more specific, what do you think they should do? Should they uh, start with an idea and this, or should it, you know, be huge strategy first as a separate, you know, uh, media flow that they explore in your opinion? And I understand different brands, different ways, but what do you think, you know, can be a suggestion here for brands? Yeah, I think, I think the first thing that they need to ask is, is do I really need to do gaming? Because yes, all the brands are doing gaming, but many of them, I mean, maybe your target is not there, or maybe it makes more sense if you invest in a different media. You know, I think that's the first question uh, that every brand should 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 do, uh, should ask themselves. Um, but if the answer is yes, if the answer is my target is there, I think they need to to understand how gamers uh, play, how how gamers do these things, right? Because Back in going back to Steven A Challenge, right? Of course, there was the sponsorship thing, but the 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 thing that we found is like players, gamers that play FIFA, they personalize their teams. They do that, and that's kind of the core of the idea in a way. Of course, there is a, there is a, the sponsorship, but the core and the heart of the idea it's something that it's a natural thing from the gamers, right? Yep. Uh, and going back to another example, the the virtual egg hand campaign that we did for Milka, kind of the observation was uh, gamers are using Fortnite Creative to create different experience. And that's something that, that a lot of gamers want to do because it's something different. It's something unexpected. It's not the, the everyday map and the everyday experience that they are having, right? So this is happening. And they're like, oh, okay, that's something interesting, right? So So I think that's Apart from the game, apart from the publisher, apart from everything, I think that they need to find that kind of insight in within the gaming community that can really connect with, with the brand, that can really connect in a really natural and, and you know, like not too forced uh, way. Yep. And I just want to add to, you know, to your main thought that... Uh, it's fine to just go with the sponsorship. It's fine to just put your logo. However, you guys showed the great examples that with the creativity, with the projects like Steven a Challenge, you can do something even bigger, buzzier, and you know, just outstanding, award-winning with a, with a different budget and without just appearing uh, as a sponsor. It could go beyond an idea, can help your brand to basically stand out. And right now, like, we know some brands in gaming that already is there, like Coca-Cola, like Visa, like Mastercard too. They all in the and Mercedes. They all do gaming and esports for a long time. And Burger King, uh, also one was one of the first one. However, right now we put Burger King on the same shelf with the brands who do esports and gaming for ten years, five years, or 
you know, amounts like this, just because the one bright idea that changed the game in, and yeah, and one more pun and leveled up the creative, the level of creativity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, I think I think that that that's true, right? Like, like of course, you you can do a classic advertising media campaign on Twitch or or be the sponsor of a game or something like that, and it works. I mean, yes, I'm I'm sure it works. I'm sure a lot of people are going to to watch your ad. I'm sure a lot of people are going to click on your banner. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, that that works because I mean they have the data. You know, like they said, if you put the banner here on this Twitch uh, stream, you will have. Two million impressions, or I don't know. I mean, that definitely works. But what makes the difference are the idea that that has a different approach, right? Like really connect with the gaming community in a way that is beyond a click or beyond an impression. You know, it's something that is really engaging with your brand in an unexpected way, right? Yep. Yep. That that's that's my point of view on that. And I think that's the right one. And that's something that we can suggest to any brands who want to join gaming find the right way find your spot find uh, the way to be unique and just try it you need you will need definitely great partners to do it like andre and saulo but and david uh, madrid agencies like this however everything starts with your way of thinking and the way you want to join the game thanks again a lot thank andrea for joining me Thank today you so much, Nick, for inviting us we, we, we had a great time